Okay, thanks again, everybody, for joining us here for yet another edition of SpinCast. Appreciate you taking some time to check us out today. Today, we have uh, transitioned a little bit. Historically, we've brought you quite a bit of contact at the collegiate level and a lot of pro-level teams, as well as content creators, casters, you name it. Things within the esports scene we've been able to bring out and kind of talk to them diligently about what esports can create and what where we see it heading. But now we want to kind of pivot a little bit and start focusing more and more on the high school level, because I think really that's where the future of esports lies with those middle school and high school players and kind of what they will bring to the table as they get older and older. So joining me from Westminster, California is Kim Long Bo. He's a teacher there for both music and technical education. Correct me. Go ahead. Career technical education. Career technical education. Thank you. But he is also um, the esports coach there at Westminster High. So why don't you tell us, if you don't mind, um, a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into the esports scene in general, if you've kind of been in it for a while and this kind of logically just led to the co uh, coaching, or if it's something relatively new for you. Just I'll let you kind of explain your pathway to it. Yeah, sure. Well, first, thanks for the invite for this uh, conversation. It's going to be an interesting one, I think. Um, I started at Westminster High School as a student, and through that experience was how I ended up pursuing my career in music and ended up being a music teacher. And okay, where am I going with this? Um, I think that my experience with video games on a personal level is has played a big role with with how Esports started at Westminster High School because um, I studied music in college, and after my junior recital, I decided to reward myself by buying a game, a sequel to a game that I really enjoyed when I was younger in elementary school, which was StarCraft II. Yeah. And if you've heard of StarCraft II, it's a ridiculously hard game, right? So that game was what taught me how to learn, which led to me figuring out how other people learned, which led me to being a teacher. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it does. So aside from that, the, the history of esports at our high school, at Westminster High School, it started out in 2015, spring 2015, as just a tournament of, with Super Smash Brothers for a fundraiser for a choir. And that was actually a really big hit. Um, we did the same thing the year after, ran more tournaments, and that garnered up a lot of interest in in the Smash tournament scene at Westminster High School. So a bunch of students came up to me and proposed, hey, we want to start a Super Smash Brothers club. And that happened for two years. During the 2017-2018 school year, I wasn't involved with it, but in Orange County, there was the... I think it was called the Orange County High School Esports League. I don't remember the exact name. Mm -hmm. And they ran a spring League of Legends tournament, which our school had a team, but I wasn't involved with it yet. So going into the 2018-2019 school year, OC High School Esports League renamed and rebranded and expanded to North American Scholastic Esports Federation. And at the same time, our one of our assistant principals uh, assistant principal of activities saw that we had a super smash brothers club we had a overwatch team and club and 
a League of Legends team and club, and they were all separate entities, and that didn't make sense. So, being the the nerdy video game guy at the school, our principal thought that it would be a good opportunity for me, even though I hadn't heard about high school esports at that point. So I got thrown in because our assistant principal said, "Hey, you should do this," and I went, "Sure," and. Next thing I knew, um, I helped coach uh, an Overwatch team, a League of Legends team, uh, convinced a few kids to play StarCraft, uh, and hosted more Smash tournaments at our high school. Yeah, excuse me. And, and yeah, and that's now been two years of that. Got it. Got it. So you've been at it for a little bit. And what I mean by that is a lot of high schools look at esports, and this is a relatively new concept, but uh, it sounds like mm-hmm. there they've at least had a club since 2015. So you're, you're about probably three or four years ahead of the curve than most schools, in my opinion, at least on this side of the country. But um, you mentioned something in particular that I want to kind of circle back to. With the game that was of interest for you specifically, you, it taught you how to learn. What do you mean by that? So... I think at first it comes from a drive to want to be better at something, which is why we learn, right? To, to gain skills in something. Uh, I really enjoyed just the mechanics of that game, but there were a lot of things that I would have to mentally process to be able to play that game. Well, um, I guess I should explain Starcraft just a little bit. Right. Um, so Starcraft is, uh, a, generally played as a one versus one so one player playing against another where we uh, gather resources build an army and then throw those armies at each other and see who comes out on top and we just keep doing that until someone is uh, the remaining victor Um, but because there's so many different components to it um, i had to train my own brain to be able to process all that information because um when I first started out playing, I'd be, I would be trying to do one thing, but then something else would be happening somewhere else, but then I would get overwhelmed. So, so what StarCraft taught me was that there are tools that can help me learn and analyze my own playing. Um, things like um, keep tracking data of, keeping track of data of my own uh, gameplay, uh, recording and uh, looking at my own uh, gameplay videos, things like that. and through using these tools, it helped me figure out what are my thought processes and what should my thought processes be in different moments of the game. And, and it even goes to where, like, it, let's say I, I lost a battle between uh, my army and another army. I, w- I would be able to look at that and think, what did I think in this moment? Why did it lead to the outcome that it did? What should I be thinking? Does that make sense? Because uh, yeah, as a, as a teacher, I feel like a lot of a lot of what we should really do, and this is this is a big basis of how I teach, is it isn't enough to just get kids to be able to do something because they might just be lucky and get it. They might not, but they might be. So, as a teacher, it's really important to understand what is actually going on in a student's head and how are they thinking about a problem, and not just what are they achieving as an outcome? Yeah, completely get it. And the reality is those are real world skills that you ultimately will need, especially when you go into a job 
and workforce, and et cetera, being able to read the situation, analyze what's the best route of going about it. And if you fail, being able to go back, look at it again and say, well, wait a minute, why did I fail, right? So that next time I get it right, and on and on. And that's how we learn and grow as, as people in general. So no, definitely transferable skill set that you took from that game. Obviously, that's very, very applicable in real world situations as well. So talk a little bit about the esports scene. I know what, you, what you've garnered through and kind of grown that program since 2015 to where it currently is. But in general, is there a conference? Are you typically playing against your rival high schools that traditional sports potentially play against? Or is it a little bit more spread out, meaning you may be playing against teams from other states. How's that work out for you on a day-to-day -day basis? We mostly compete within um, the, the NASIF, which is North American Scholastic Esports Federation, mm -hmm. within their, their circuit. And while they have a competitive esports team, they also focus on um, helping us helping educate educators to educate parents and family and students um, similar to what you guys are doing, which is um, getting people to be more aware of the possibilities of esports. So we just mostly compete through that circuit. And during the fall, we'll do Overwatch. During the spring, we'll do League of Legends. Got it. Awesome. And I know there's a variety of different high school varsity components and leagues out there. Uh, some mm -hmm. that are a little bit newer. I've heard of NASEP before, et cetera. So that's good that you've got that structure to it. Tell me about the students that are participating in esports. Is this something that they're pretty engaged in, do you find, or kind of, uh, it's kind of something I do, or that it's kind of forced to do? What's the engagement like? So in our team, no one's forced to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, we see a spectrum of... I want to do something cool with my friends to I want to be a professional. So that that's our range. More of them are over here. Some of them are kind of in the middle. Like they, they want to be involved in esports somehow, but they don't sure. necessarily want to be a pro. And then we have like one or two who want to actually be a professional gamer. Got it. So, let's so, talk so that's our spectrum. Got it. Let's talk about that for a second, because if you look at traditional sports, I can tell you for a fact that, you know, for example, baseball, you've got people that come and try out just because they want the social aspect, they want to be around some of their friends and they're mm -hmm. decent at baseball. Then you've got others kind of in between and then some that are really good and ultimately they want to continue that career path potential in terms of playing baseball as long as they possibly can. So for esports, transitioning to that from a recruiting side of things, looking at not necessarily pro because obviously that's very difficult, but how about from a collegiate side of things? What are you seeing there over the last few years? Have you seen a lot of players that kind of matriculate to colleges that offer esports for them? What are they looking at? What's that landscape look like from the high school level looking up? We've had several college recruiters come to our school and talk to students before, but oddly enough, this year was the first year where we had one senior graduate from our esports program. Uh, no, that's one for the varsity team and three from our, our like JV Overwatch team and four from four, yeah, four from our uh, League of Legends team. So I, I think our esports program, the students, the student population is still pretty young. Mm -hmm. um, some of the students have, are looking to continue being involved in esports, but none of them have taken the step to join like a collegiate team yet got it got it and obviously esports can provide so many different types of 
opportunities in terms of pursuing, mm -hmm. whether it be journalism, broadcasting, uh, game development, et cetera. Um, that certainly, that's something that they can continue on in college as well. From sticking on that recruiting side, just out of sheer curiosity, you mentioned you had a number of collegiate recruiters come on campus to kind of look at some of the players there. I would assume, how did that all come about? Is that something where you're actively contacting them or do they, those recruiters just see the data and the statistics and kind of reach out and come and see them? How, how's that get to that point? Uh, it was mostly the schools reaching out to us, I think, because maybe they saw that we had a strong interest in esports at our school. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Excellent. So as that program grows, what are some of the things that you would like to see within the high school format, specifically there for Westminster, that will help that program grow, A, and potentially get some of those students onto that collegiate campus to continue to either play or grow with esports in general? I think the, the first step that we have going into this upcoming school year is is making esports even more accessible to more students because right now we see that there's only a small population of students who participate in esports. Um, so we're looking at what games do we promote, what games do we run tournaments for, so that first more students can get involved in esports in a lot of different capacities too, not just necessarily competing in tournaments, but right. um, we're planning on doing things like uh, how can like artists get involved, whether they're creating a fan art or whether they're working on like a media team and producing like promotional material for the tournaments or things like that, or awesome. a broadcast team, things like that. Uh, so that's going into this next year. We're refocusing on growing our own program and, and hopefully through just that experience alone, uh, the kids would really enjoy uh, a meaningful way of working and applying their skill sets and maybe they'll discover their passion and then they'll be able to pursue that through college and then figure out which college programs have esports programs where I can continue my skill whether it's as a player or as a content creator or as like production staff whatever their interests are yeah, no doubt. Going back to your league that you uh, participate in through NASEF, is there a rival that's developed? Is there a particular high school that you guys end up playing against a couple of times or maybe once or twice where you look at it and say, man, this is a team we definitely want, want to play against for whatever the reason is, whether it's locally or they're mm -hmm. really good at it, et cetera, some type of rivalry? Um, I think we're just always excited to be able to get into a challenging game. Um, our, our Overwatch team in particular has seen a lot of success right up until like the final match before before finals. We'll do really, 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 really well. And then all of a sudden, something will happen and then we'll just lose that match. Um, this, this year in particular is really funny because during the semifinals match, we were faced up against Portola High School, which is also in uh, Southern California, in Irvine Unified. And they took us out of semifinals. We ran into them again the following season in the League of Legends tournament, and they crushed us. Like we were undefeated until then, and then they just demolished us. Uh, so, same thing with Overwatch. We're three owed by them, and then during League of Legends, um, they two won us. So not quite as one sided, but still pretty one sided if you look at those last two matches. So you've got to circle the calendar date when you guys play Portola High School again, is what you're telling me upcoming. 
that and figure out what is the mental preparation that we need to do to go into that match mm -hmm. so that we don't just beat ourselves. Because looking at the gameplay and the VOD reviews, it's not necessarily that they beat us. They played well, for sure. But we played subpar for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of sports. Sometimes yeah. that happens for no rhyme or reason. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the day-to-day -day activity from a practice schedule perspective in terms of how that looks on a day-to-day -day basis for the students that are involved with esports. Um, so for I'll, I'll use our Overwatch team for the model because it's a little more structured than our League of Legends team. Okay. Uh, typically what that looks like is Monday we'll practice... So we'll find another team, usually one that's like way better than us, and we'll scrim against them. Um, so like half of the team will do uh, VOD reviews on Tuesday. We'll play our match on Wednesday. Thursday we'll have off. Friday we'll do a mix of VOD review and scrim. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday the students will scrim and practice on their own at home. Got it. Now that's an interesting question I have on that as well. For your high school team do they mm -hmm. find themselves always participating together as a unit whenever they scrim meaning on their own time or do you find that some players play with other teams as well to kind of get additional work and things of that nature there are some students who will play for fun on with, with their friends but this is more of a casual level it's not really scrimming Got it. we only had one student who would play with other higher level teams to gain more experience. And he's the one who wanted to go pro. Got it. Yeah. Um, most of our scrims are, are, is our team playing together or our teams too. Uh, our teams playing together and playing with other teams that are similar in ability level. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very focused on team play versus just playing the game. Yeah, no, completely get it. Talk about, if you don't mind from a, coaching perspective and obviously what you have set up there at Westminster what is the biggest challenge within your program that you are facing currently and potentially one of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome to get to the point where you're at it's a kind of two-pronged question if you will I think to get to this point that we are right here I haven't We've actually been really lucky at Westminster High School where I haven't really felt like there were too many hurdles. Like our administration was very supportive. Uh, we, had, we already had a strong career technical education program with uh, computer science, engineering, things like that before I even got on board with teaching uh, career technical education. So we had some pretty nice computers, except for the monitors. The monitors are like giant 60 hertz monitors that are pretty slow in response time. So the kids hate playing on it, right? right. But the computers themselves, uh, they're designed for like rendering stuff in SolidWorks. So they handle running Overwatch no problem, right? Uh, so the kids get to play on 60 frames versus their five frames. Some of them have to play at home, which is kind of brutal. So to get to this point, I feel like we've been very fortunate. and It's been pretty smooth. But going into this upcoming school year, we've decided, based on everything that's going on in the world right now, mm -hmm. um, our focus needs to be in equity, uh, racial equity, and gender equity for getting more diversity with race and gender within our club.
we have like two or three girls who participate just as club members, but not even on the team. Uh, and looking at our Overwatch and our League of Legends team, the population of or the 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 students are mostly Asian boys, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have one who's half Asian and half not. So that's 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 where diversity is, and that's really really bad, right? Um, our school is um, simplifying a little bit, but pretty much half half Asian and half Hispanic, that's, you know. Yet we don't see many Hispanic Latino students participating in the teams. Last year we had one senior who played with the League of Legends team and we had another student who tried out for the sp spring team for Overwatch but then he didn't come back in the fall. So so seeing that disparity we have to ask questions like why is it that only Asian boys are playing competitive gaming at a high level and and I think there there are lots of factors to that, right? And one of them is going to be money. Uh, gaming rigs are expensive, mm -hmm. so so go, going to next year, we're asking how can we get more more people to play to be be involved in esports. And one of the things that we reflected on as as a club, and we remembered that whenever we run Smash tournaments there is much more diversity there in terms of uh, racial diversity. There's still issues with gender diversity. Um, so at Smash tournaments, this, the, the student population that shows up to play Smash looks much more like what our school does. So, so we're wondering, do we focus more on these types of games like um, Smash Brothers or whatever other games that our students are interested in that will promote uh, racial diversity and how can we make sure that they can still get a meaningful esports experience through these games despite there not being as much of uh, a larger tournament scene to support it like Overwatch or League of Legends. Does that make sense? 100%. 100%. And I think that's not just a, a Westminster High problem. Obviously, that I think is a national issue that a number of organizations, mm -hmm. clubs, et cetera, are certainly looking to address more and more. And I think, you know, part of the things that we're trying to do on our end is, is foundationally, first and foremost, educate the parents so that they can understand, hey, there, there really is a world of opportunity here. So that support should be there. And then secondarily, um, try to find sponsorships and, and try to find people within our community that are willing to give back a little bit so that those that may be a little bit underprivileged have access um, because the technological field obviously is, is one of the things that drives the world, quite frankly. And the more people we get into the esports side of things, I think that's almost a natural bridge or a natural jump, if you will, into that technology field as well. So I think uh, for those that are unable to participate or unwilling to, for whatever the reason, um, they could potentially be missing out on some future opportunities. So that's, that's something we're very cognizant of here as well. So excellent. Last quick question. I know we've been taking a good amount of your time, but what is your favorite? Now you've been there for about five years, your favorite recollection or your favorite memory of anything esports related, uh, when it comes to Westminster high and some of the things that you've seen over the years, if you could just pick one, probably have a couple that may jump out at you, but if you could pick up one 
memory that you look back on and say, you know, this, this, when this happened, that was kind of cool or, or, or for the student or what have you. Never mind, you don't have any. You're thinking That's a hard, hard question. <laughs> I like to think really hard. Um, I keep spreadsheets and like spread lot, lots of spreadsheets of, of our, our Overwatch team. So, so I'm a thinker. It's hard to pinpoint any one moment. Um, it's more of a series of moments and it's, it's a, as, as a coach and as a gamer, it's, it's just so much fun to watch our Overwatch team play because like as a teacher, the, the, the one big thing that a lot of teachers is want is for kids to take ownership of their own learning, right? Mm -hmm. So to see, to see the level in which our students in our Overwatch team are really taking charge of their learning of the game is 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 very amazing like they'll they're the ones who who organize the the vod reviews they're they're sometimes leading it too and and they're coming up with strategies and they're they're working to motivate each other so that they all can play better as a team whenever there's an issue within the team they bring it up and and they look to address it right away and it's it's hard to beat that feeling just seeing yeah the team really become its own thing and take charge of their own success. Yeah, nothing better than that. I would agree. Quick question to follow up that. Do you believe that that has translated for those that are playing, meaning in the real world or in the classroom? Do you see that kind of spilling over based on what they're learning and doing within esports? Again, my answer is going to be on a spectrum. I think mm -hmm. some students have figured out how to take their esports and competitive gaming thinking and apply it to the classroom. but other students, especially the younger ones, they haven't figured out how to do that yet. So that's where like someone like me comes in, where we'll coach them, hey, you're struggling in this class. That's really the same kind of thinking you're doing over here in esports. Now you just need to apply it to your classroom and you'll be okay. Like for example, with um, high stakes test taking, because um, especially at the higher level classes, um, advanced placement, honors classes, some of the tests and assignments can be very stressful for students. But that level of stress, in my opinion, like the, the amount of brain power that needs to go into that moment isn't nearly as much as what it takes to be able to play like Overwatch or League of Legends at the highest level. So if they can cope with that level of thinking in esports, then it's definitely possible for them to think that way in the classroom so that they can figure out how to overcome those mental barriers and still be successful in the classroom. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation where again, just based on that learning experience that you got from StarCraft and it kind of taught you how to learn, certainly those are things that can be applied to life and in the classroom as long as it's being taught and coached it sounds like the way you are doing it so that's fantastic but um, we've gone up on time here we've been on for about a half an hour but coach Kim Long I sincerely appreciate you coming on I certainly hope for the very best for you and your squad as you get into this fall and these uncertain times with COVID-19 and everything else hope everyone to stay safe but I hope to see your program continue to grow and I would love to continue our chat maybe down the road and just to kind of check in see how things are progressing with you folks and uh, kind of keep going from there so 
for everyone out there listening, I sincerely appreciate you listening to us here on SpinCast here at Stay Plugged In. Coach Vogt, thanks again. Wish you all the best. Thank you. You got it.